the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. I'm Seth Liebson. Our phone number is 602-508-0960. Maybe we're all becoming conservatives now. Well, that's probably too strong, but maybe we're all becoming a bit normal again, or at least reorienting from a disorientation that lasted about two years. Disoriented from what, you may ask? Well, from the classic definition of the 19th century, oriented meant to be in any definite position with reference to the point of the compass. Disoriented would mean out of order, a bad compass, or the wrong direction based on a faulty compass. Of course, there's the COVID issue. Gone are the days when Democrats would promise to do a better job at the federal level while blasting, for partisan purposes, Republicans for not controlling a virus. They said they could if only we would listen to them. Indeed, the white flag on that was flown and peace was sued for by the Democrats just last month when the president who campaigned on shutting the virus down admitted There is no ability to do so at the federal level. States would be on their own. Quite a change from the multivarious attacks on Donald Trump, Governors DeSantis, Governors Noam, and the like. I suppose when you say anyone responsible for 220,000 deaths is not qualified to be president, and then you become president and preside over double that number, there's very little else to say other than, I hereby issue my resignation, which would be the appropriate thing to say if you were a man of your word. Joe Biden is clearly not, never has been. But the country didn't like the rotamontade of Donald Trump, so it chose the senescence of Joe Biden and realized there may be something worse than manners of speech after all. Manners of speech, not a small thing in our country, in our country these days. Has anyone over 40? Eh, let's be a little closer. Has anyone over 50 noticed that what you say to someone under the age of 50 is completely irrelevant, especially if it's criticism or constructive criticism? It's how you say it that matters. The feelings have become the most prominent feature of the majority of this country, not facts, not truths, but feelings. What Philip Reef called the triumph of the therapeutic. And Joe Biden was supposed to make us feel good or feel better anyway, whether we do or did better was irrelevant. So irrelevant that Joe Biden's motto, build back better, has become something of a bad joke. Nobody thinks he's made anything better. And everyone is worried, even Democrats, that he's made things much, much worse. Who put it this way recently? For all those socialists and Marxists that say communism has never really been tried, They cannot say the same thing of progressivism in America. Oh, sure, the true believer, the fanatic might say, well, it hasn't been tried in America fully in the sense that half the country has never been on board. Okay, propose how to make that impudent half of the country get on board. Arrest them into submission, silence them, banish them, embarrass them, 
You can do that. But still, there is the life experience. Higher food costs, higher energy, gasoline costs, more illnesses, the same threats from abroad, most made worse. And of course, the one thing every culture claims to care about most, children. David Leonard of the New York Times confesses this morning this way, quote, American children are starting 2022 in crisis. I have long been aware that the pandemic was upending children's lives. But until I spent time pulling together data and reading reports, I did not understand just how alarming the situation had become, close quote. It would not have been difficult. One could have listened to talk radio. One could have read op-eds and research papers easily accessible on the World Wide Web when they weren't being silenced or censored. One could have listened to Ph.D. M.D. experts like Eleanor McCants Katz nearly two years ago. One could have listened to former Secretary of Education Bill Bennett or Heather McDonald or Dennis Prager or me. But we were the Neanderthals. Didn't know what we were talking about. Even some of us with doctorates and graduate degrees, it mattered not. If you were not following the run, duck, hide, shame, embarrass, others ignore the math line of reasoning, you are not to be listened to. You are not following the science. Funny thing happened on the way to that form of science. I think conservatives were following the science and the scientists from Fauci to Atlas much more than the left. Quick experiment. Relevant now that you hear everyone is getting COVID from the dead enders. And almost nobody knows this. But try this experiment. Ask someone you know how many Americans have had COVID or what percentage of Americans have had COVID. It's everywhere, right? Ask them. What's that number or percent? Most think it's everywhere. And something like at least half the population has had it or is getting it, if not more. Slow that roll down. That ain't the math. That ain't the science. It may make you feel satisfied or self-satisfied, which is a feeling, but it's not the truth, at least not by the way any governmental agency counts these things. For the answer is 16%. 16% of the country since January of 2020, two years counting, has had COVID, according to CDC data. Johns Hopkins, the New York Times, or any other site liberals believe the only credible source of information to be. If you live in America, you have a two-tenths of one percent chance of dying from this virus. Can anyone think of anything truly? Anything? Society has disoriented itself over that comes in those kinds of numbers. Try it this way. Three times as many children die from suffocation every year in this country as they do from COVID, three times as many children die from suffocation in this country as they do from COVID. When's the last time you heard about the suffocation pandemic? But back to David Lenhart of the New York Times. Today, today, two years into this, one year after Joe Biden has been president, almost, he points out children fell far behind in school during the first year of the pandemic and have not caught up. Among third through eighth graders, math and reading levels were all lower than normal this fall. The shortfalls were largest for black and Hispanic students, as well as students in schools with high poverty rates. We haven't seen this kind of academic achievement crisis in living memory, Michael Petrelli of the Thomas Fordham Institute said. David Lennart, 
of the New York Times today, today, points out that many children and teenagers are experiencing mental health problems aggravated by the isolation and disruption of the pandemic. Three medical groups, including the American Academy of Pediatrics, recently declared a national state of emergency in children's mental health. They cited, quote, dramatic increases in emergency department visits for all mental health emergencies, close quote. David Leinhardt of the New York Times today, today, points out that suicide attempts have risen slightly among adolescent boys and sharply among adolescent girls. The number of ER visits for suspected suicide attempts by young girls ages 12 to 17 rose by 51%. So far as I can tell, Eleanor McCants Cats was allowed one op-ed in this country, and it was published in USA Today in August of 2020, where she wrote, quote, I am a psychiatrist and I know the grave consequences of not sending our children to school. I know that Pre-pandemic, about 10% of our nation's 74 million children lived with serious emotional disturbances, and more than half of these children get those mental health services in school. This proportion only increases for minority children with mental health needs. And I know that unlike what we have seen in the vast majority of children who have contracted COVID-19, the impact of untreated mental illness can be lifelong. However, care should also be exercised to protect your child from harm due to lack of education, lack of nutrition, and lack of mental health care. We cannot simply continue to ignore the casualties of all the other conditions just in favor of containing a virus that won't affect them very much. Our nation's future depends on the action we take today. Close quote, August 2020. Well, we took the wrong action, and we took it for two years. And now, just now, today, the New York Times feels, thinks, agrees, it's finally news that's fit to print after the wreckage. I guess being mugged by reality or killed by it makes us all a little more conservative now, but they will never admit it. Instead, they will act as if they were pro-science and we were not and still are not. There is a phrase for this. It is called the abuse of science. I suppose we can look at it this way. Conservatives want to prevent problems before they happen based on all rationality and history available to us. The left would rather experiment with your lives against all rationality while changing and distorting history. After all, it was Karl Marx who said his purpose in arriving to this world was not to understand history, but to change it. And yes, this kind of thing has been tried. Meanwhile, I'm reading that the Chicago Teachers Union today is trying to go back to remote learning due to COVID. This in a city where 75% of its middle school students already read below proficiency. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Joe Biden gave a speech today. I believe it will be cold comfort, much colder comfort than his warnings about this being a winter of illness and death 
coming to fruition or truth. Still saying such things as, this is a pandemic and a disease of the unvaccinated. He needs to stop saying that. He needs to stop contradicting his very own CDC. I remember well in the years 20, well, just in one year, the year 2020, many a people were saying, I don't understand how a president can openly contradict his scientific advisors, including the CDC. You don't know how? You just went through another year of it. That's how. It can be done. It is done. It's done routinely. Now call out how this president is doing it as much as you called out how the last president was doing it. And while so, while so, find out who was more correct in what they said about the coronavirus. Who was more correct? Do you know that this is the month, this month, January 2022, this is the month the federal government, per Joe Biden, is supposed to be unveiling a brand spanking new website that will allow anyone who wants to get a test, a COVID test mailed to them can do so. Do you know that? Did you know that, Bill? He gave this speech a few weeks ago and said in January the government will be unveiling a new website so that anyone who wants a free test can get one mailed to them by accessing accessing it through this website. How are we doing on that? I know it's only January 4th, but guess what? Guess what? The government hasn't built the website and it hasn't even finalized the contracts with the testing manufacturers. Think we're going to get that? Now, I know a lot of people are nervous about COVID and, you know, given your own personal situation, comorbidities, age, you name it, fine and fair and okay. But if you try to go and get a test to see if you have COVID, a home test, what is your success rate right about now? What is the success rate? I was um, I was in the uh, – I went to two drugstores in the last two days. I like going to drugstores to buy things. That's where I go. And both of them, two different companies, main ones, you'd know their names. Both of them had signs on the door. Signs on the door saying we have something to the effect of we have none. I don't remember the exact verbiage. We have no home COVID tests, which means that they have been asked a lot for them, so much so that they're trying to prophylactically save the question and bothering of the ghost of a staff that they have working for them. Customers asking, do you have any more COVID tests? Perhaps in the back. They don't. They don't. You see... It's a problem of the government's own making in almost all of the decisive respects. You panic people enough about these things, they're going to want to go get tests. And then you promise them they can get tests and they go to get them. And mm, in the middle of a supply chain problem, in the middle of a delivery problem, in the middle of high season of mail and transport, you can't get them. You can't get them. It may or may not be a supply problem, but the government created its own demand problem. The government created this own demand problem by scaring the hell out of people such that they thought they needed en masse to rapidly, as soon as possible, feasible or at the sign of the first sneeze, go get a rapid test for themselves. 
They're all gone. They can't do it. He said $500 million will be available this month. Do you think we're going to be anywhere close to that? My guess is we'll be as close to that number as we were to evacuating every American who wanted to get out of Afghanistan, which was also a promise, even though they couldn't tell us how many Americans were in Afghanistan and still cannot. Still cannot. See, the thing is about these stories of the year that never made it, stories of the year like Afghanistan, stories of the year like the Wuhab leak and the information that came from it, stories of the year like funding, gain-of-function research, stories of the year that just kind of got buried as quickly as they appeared. You know what the problem with burying these stories is? Nothing gets done. Nothing changes. We all shrug our shoulders and move on, and the problem isn't solved. The problem isn't fixed. The problem is just buried until it raises its head again, and it will. And it will do so again because you have a highly incompetent, inarticulate man as the president of the United States. Now, people certainly didn't like the rhetorical, I was going to say flourish, let's say accents, the rhetorical uses of the previous president. Fair enough. I get it. Not everyone's taste. Not mine, including not mine. There were more important things, much more important things. Right now, you have a kind man who doesn't know what he's talking about, broadcasting misinformation time and again, contradicting what he said the month before and the month before that, which is a contradiction from the month before that. On November 3rd, Biden urged Americans to get their children vaccinated to stop the spread and help us beat this pandemic. On October 7th, while defending vaccine mandates, He claimed that vaccinated workers are protected from COVID and cannot spread it to you. On September 9th, the president said, we've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin and your refusal has cost all of us. On August 23rd, the president said the pandemic, the unvaccinated is a tragedy that is preventable. On July 21st, he said, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. On July 16th, he said the only pandemic we have is among the vaccinated. Meanwhile, the U.S. recorded its record number of COVID-19 cases for a single day on Monday, almost doubling the previous record set just four days earlier, despite 73% of the population being at least partially vaccinated and the vast majority at 62% fully vaccinated. Look at the states that report breakthrough infections and hospitalizations and deaths. Not all of them do. Look at the ones that do. They tend to be highly vaccinated states like Massachusetts and Vermont. And you look at their data, hospitalizations and deaths, it ain't a problem for just the unvaccinated. The lies continue. And so, too, because of that, will the problems. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. The various shots that people are getting now cover that. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson show. If you don't have a New Year's resolution, 
maybe a good one is getting your retirement tax or estate, your tax planning and estate planning uh, affairs in order. If that is a resolution you already have, no better place to do so than with John Dombrowski and his team at Grand Canyon Planning. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. He also has his own radio show heard every Saturday morning here, The Word on Wealth, 960 The Patriot at 7 a.m. Happy 2022, John Dombrowski. Happy New Year to you as well. How are you doing? Fantastic. I get yeah. nervous when I say the year, and you've made me extra nervous by not repeating the year as if I got it wrong and you didn't want to repeat the inaccuracy or error on you my You are part. absolutely correct. Okay, okay, okay. You you just, you may, I am saying it right now, aren't I? 2022, yeah. that's, that's 2022. how? 2022. Okay. It's writing it that's the problem. <laughs> you know, getting used to that. Yeah, we'll get used to it. Do people still write checks? John, um, I want to talk markets. I want to talk work. Uh, I want to sure. talk a few things with you. Um, okay. Let me start with the markets. Um, I, I saw one commentator on TV saying it was a very odd day for the markets. Uh, depending on where you were invested, you could have done very well or very poorly. Yesterday was interesting, especially if you watch companies like Apple and Tesla. Right. Tell us what you want to tell us. Yeah, well, yesterday was an uh, was an interesting day. We did see Apple uh, becoming the first company to reach three trillion dollars in value, which is an amazing uh, amount of money for one company. And uh, if you look back, they reached a trillion. I believe it was four years ago. So they've tripled the size of the company in a four-year period of time during a pandemic. Right? Yep. Uh, pretty amazing. Uh, and then on the other side of that, we had Tesla yesterday also reporting uh, their uh, production vehicles, selling uh, of their vehicles, uh, beating their expectations. Uh, today, another uh, report from Ford uh, out that they are going to be doubling the production of their electric uh, pickup truck. So we're really starting to see uh, a shift in the automobile industry. And GM is another one trying to get on board with the EV uh you know, space. Uh -huh. So it's, it's an interesting uh, place that we are in right now. The problem is going to be for a lot of these companies is, is uh, still shortages on some of the supplies, whether it's chips and batteries. No. That's going to be one of the big issues for these vehicles. Yeah, and I don't know that that gets solved anytime soon. People seem to be good at identifying that problem. No one seems to be able to have a good answer for how to solve it, though, right right away. Tesla's been one that has been able to keep up with that demand, good. so they, they seem to have a supply chain. Uh, you know, their challenges are in check, it yeah. seems like. So okay, we're going to see. It's going right. to be interesting. Yeah. Good. The other big news uh, coming uh, out of the financial uh, headlines and pages today is the record number of workers who are quit their jobs. We're lagging a little, as we do usually by about a month, but in November, yeah. four and a half million workers left their yeah, jobs. This is a record, yeah. yeah. It's actually, I think it was four point, close to 4.6 okay. million workers. Now, these are what they call quits. These are people that voluntarily are leaving their jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about that. Over four and a half million people uh, leaving the workforce voluntarily, and there are a variety of different reasons, of course, whether uh, it's just uh, you know too much stress in the environment, maybe it's some people were ready to retire, some people might have just said, hey, I can't take the regulation. Uh, there are a variety of reasons why maybe someone would leave, but this is a record number. And if we go back and look at, you know, we called it the great resignation that's been coined, and we are seeing uh, these numbers 
not only uh, you know rising, but many believe that these numbers are going to be here for a while. So we have this shortage of workers out there. We have uh, unemployment numbers in the 10-plus million range, uh, but we have workers uh, leaving at this record pace. It's really going to uh, continue with this shortfall of employment. I mean, we're looking to hire some, some staff right now, mm-hmm. um, su- support staff, and uh, we're having a challenge finding uh, the right person for, mm. for our firm here. So anyone out there, Seth, of your listeners, uh, you know, a lot of small companies out there that are looking for employees. Restaurants are really feeling this uh, pinch in the service industry. That's the biggest two areas of uh, these individuals who are leaving the market. Restaurants so that's, that's and what difficult. was the other one? Healthcare? Is that what you said? The, yeah. the healthcare, yeah. correct. Healthcare, yeah. 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 So it's a real challenge out there. So we're going to see what happens. But, two, uh, two industries that have two industries, environments of business that have been very beaten up over the last two yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, right. I, I'd love to match workers with jobs. What do you look? What, what kind of qualifications are you looking for, John? Uh, we're looking for a good uh, support person, uh, someone who can answer the phones, who can learn our processes, and and help us uh, continue to give great client service to our clients. If you're looking for a job and that matches you yeah. folks, reach out to me or John Dombrowski. We'll take care yeah. of you. Hey, John Grand Dombrowski, what a good update. Yep. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. You betcha. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finrand Sipican and investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Happy thank New you, Year, Jeff. sir. We'll talk you tomorrow. betcha. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Country roads. Think about roads for a second. I don't know if you're a little bit like me, and maybe this happens particularly in Arizona where, you know, our climate, our weather <clears throat> isn't, you know, that dramatic. What's the old joke? A blizzard to us is something you get at Dairy Queen. But... uh but if you're like me a little bit, you kind of glaze over and don't pay that much attention to big weather problems in other cities. First of all, what is there to say? What is there to do? <laughs> These are uh, classic uh, acts acts of God, um, forces majeure, as they say in the law, or France. And, um, and yet, and yet, they can have some kind of consequences here and there. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris has hired a group, a bunch of image consultants because her approval numbers have, you know, reached Dick Cheney and Dan Quayle levels, which is to say very low, lower than this monumental character on the scene should be. You know, the role model for so many women, so many women and so many minorities. Why is her approval so very, very low? Well, we need to fix her image. Okay, let's hire image consultants. I don't know what they paid those image consultants. I'm guessing mid to high six figures. I know not less than six figures, knowing how Washington, D.C. works and the business of image consultancies. But they were all overpaid. They only needed to give one piece of advice. Bill, I don't know if you have a degree or even took a class in image consulting, but <laughs> if you were going to offer Kamala Harris image consulting advice, do you have do you have an idea of what that might be for free? 
is it stop cackling or is that too You're easy? very close. You're very close. And if you and if you were educated in the field, you would have had it right on the mark. Stop talking, period. Just stop talking. Just stop talking. Stop trying to make news. Stop trying to be liked. You see it? She tweets out this morning. This morning. The following. I'll read it directly from her tweet, Twitter page. Quote, because of the bipartisan infrastructure law, America is moving again. That's what infrastructure is all about, getting people moving. Now, you know, if you lived in Arizona, you might shrug your shoulders and say, yeah, OK, fine. It's all right. Is Camelback open yet? <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I go more than 15 miles an hour on Camelback in the winter? You know, high, high business time, high travel time, high, high vacation time. Um, but let me read it again. Because of the bipartisan infrastructure law, America is moving again. That's what infrastructure is all about, getting people moving. But if you live anywhere near Washington, D.C., where she works and where she wrote this, you would know immediately how out of touch this person is. You talk about out of touch. All these proposals, you hear them from time to time, you know, that people are too old to be X in X job. They're just too out of touch. They should have an age limit requirement for, I don't know, you hear it often about the Supreme Court or federal judges. You sometimes hear it about law partners. <laughs> you might hear about, about some of the leadership <laughs> on Capitol Hill. It's irrelevant, actually. It's not age. It's not age. It's ability and cognition. Kamala Harris is not aged. She's not 60, not even 60, which isn't aged either before I get into trouble with anyone. But just she's 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 a few years older than me. Has nothing to do with her age, has to do with her succeeding level upon level upon level upon level on the Peter principle by never getting anything right the first time because why she checks certain boxes that make people's lives better no makes our policies better no but makes us back to the monologue under the theory of the triumph of the therapeutic feel better feel better we feel better about ourselves because we have allowed and helped Kamala Harris to succeed. We feel better about ourselves for that. Well, if you live in the Washington, D.C. area and you read because of the bipartisan infrastructure law, America is moving again, you have a real problem. You have a real problem because the story for the last 24 hours is that on I-9 to Interstate 95 in Virginia, which is what feeds Washington, D.C., I-95, which is feeds Washington, D.C. from Virginia and through Maryland. If you've been on I-95 in the last, well, you wouldn't be on it. You wouldn't be on it if you were heading to work this morning. Let me give you the WTOP news out of Washington, D.C. Quote, if you don't want to end up in a nightmare situation, avoid Interstate 95 in Virginia, a horrendous traffic jam that began Monday morning's record-breaking winter storm grew steadily worse with plummeting overnight temperatures causing melting snow to refreeze. The traffic center tracked at least four trouble spots on I-95 alone from spinouts in icy conditions, each involving multiple spinouts, including 
tractor trailers. The shutdown began this morning at 8 a.m. Kamala Harris's tweet came two hours later. Hundreds of vehicles have been at a standstill, some for almost 24 hours, shutting off their engines in frigid weather to conserve dwindling fuel. Many with little to no food or water. Now, what Kamala Harris writes, because of the bipartisan infrastructure law, America is moving again. That's what infrastructure is all about, getting people moving. And they can't even get it right or true in her neighborhood. In her her neighborhood, Washington, D.C. and Virginia is the equivalent of Phoenix and Scottsdale, effectively. I don't mean to short shrift another city. You could say Tempe in Phoenix or Tempe in Scottsdale. It's it's adjacent right there. And most people who work in D.C. live in Virginia or Maryland and mostly Virginia. And so you have this kind of intellectual problem here that if you think the bipartisan infrastructure law got people moving again, what do you say about that law when people aren't moving? Is it? That law's fault? Perhaps it was a ridiculous law. Perhaps it was a failed law. Perhaps it was an ineffective law or an ineffectual law. It's the same story about Kamala Harris. This is the problem when you attribute merits to things that don't characterize as meritorious in and of themselves. She's great because she's a woman. She's great because she's a minority. Well, then what happens if, in fact, she fails? Is that also because she's a woman? Is that also because she's a minority? Of course not. But that is the only way you reinforce such thinking. Bad in, bad out. Garbage in, garbage out. Faulty analysis in, faulty analysis out. You want to know the limits to what government can do for you? Watch Kamala Harris. And look at the bipartisan infrastructure law. When it mattered and she's touting it, it's not toutable. It's ridiculable. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Robin, surprise. Hello, sir. Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you, too, sir, and I apologize. I've been uh, kind of sick in the last couple of weeks. I hope you're okay and doing better. I'm I'm okay now. I, I just was uh, kind of under the weather, but it wasn't COVID. Okay. Um, I was uh, I was thinking about when you were talking about Kamala Harris, um, and, and I sort of lumped in just about every uh, politician, regardless of party in Washington. I think it's a matter of principles. I think principles are something that, seem to be cast aside uh, whenever you see people in high places who really don't belong there. Uh, they haven't earned it. Uh, they've been, you know, they've basically been a big uh, check in the block. And um, I think Kamala is a, a really good good uh, example of that. Um, when you were unprincipled, uh, and this may have happened at the very beginning with her and Willie Brown and moving up the food chain in California, when you have no principles, uh, you, you really have no conscience, and if you have neither of those, um, 
of course nobody's going to really like you, those who have a conscience and those who have principles. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, mainstream America does not uh, care for her and uh, a lot of the other people who uh, apparently have the same problem with principles and lying uh, and, and, uh, and misleading people. Um, and, and I think that's, that's something that probably needs to be discussed more. Um, Would you agree with second, me if I disagree with you to say it's not that she has no principles, it's that she has bad principles and no one seemed to care? Well, that, I guess. No, I, I mean, I think she has principles. I, I you know, uh, Willie, well, she had the same principles Willie Brown had. But Willie Brown, well, yeah. but Willie Brown was an effectual public servant. He got things done. He kept San Francisco in pretty good shape. He That's understood true. what his job was. Getting things right. done. Now, he cared what people thought of his successes and failures. She knows that they're irrelevant because she can surf on a different board. Well, if you if you lump in uh, self-interest into bad principles uh, and you know moving up the uh, political food chain or any food chain for that matter, corporate or otherwise, military as well. Unfortunately, I think you're going to find that too. I think. Uh, I think there is such thing as bad principles. I hadn't thought about it, but um, I've kind of lumped them into no principles because bad principles are exceeded by, I guess, no principles at all. <laughs> you, you may be right. I remember ha I was having I used to have these regular lunches with uh, Charles Krauthammer and Charles Murray. I was fortunate to be part of these uh, monthly or occasional. They weren't monthly lunches. And I remember I forget what the problem was. I think it was Hurricane Katrina. We were lunching and talking about how this never happened with Bill Clinton. And I remember Krauthammer said because Clinton understood that a Michael Brown would never work in his administration. He needed a James DeWitt. He understood that this is what government was about, heads of FEMA. He understood that getting people from A to B was more important than anything ideological. And that's why Clinton's principles, which are Kamala's, led one to succeed and one to fail before our very eyes, I think. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.